Six foot two, chiseled jaw, strong back. His hands are calloused. Physical labor, perhaps, at the docks or the rocket base. His eyes are green, clear, healthy. The first kiss was delicious, a divine appetizer of the banquet to come. He does not know about the end of our intimate dance, and I won't tell him. I'm a woman of surprises. We have dinner in a generic upscale restaurant in the Bronze Quarter. The dining floor is adorned with white linens, delicate glassware, and gentle murmurs from the throats that never knew strife and pain. The lights are dim, allowing the wide bay windows the pleasure of showcasing Crescent City's diamond-encrusted skyline. The goat aspire, a contorted ruby entity of corporate ego, slices the night, clawing upward as far as the environmental dome will allow. I scowl as I pierce the asparagus on my plate. Goda. A small chime of breaking porcelain pleads. I inhale, relinquish my cutlery to the table, and return to my companion. This is really good. He grunts, mouthful of sauced beef. He tells me it's the first time he ever had real, bleeding animal flesh. The man's plate is his salary for the year. I nod and sip my wine, ignoring his questions about my vegetarian palate in the steakhouse. His comments about my food swell to childish annoyance. I keep calm at his stupidity, giving a wide, perfect smile, and flip the perfect curl of blonde hair away from my eyes. I eat when I need to, believe me. Tonight will be a long one, and I want to ensure you have enough strength for it. He pauses at my flirtations, a rise in body temperature. For kicks, I transition to thermal vision. Flushed cheeks, cold hands, the aura of heat below the table grows like a rousing leviathan. I flutter my eyelids in slow, sensual bats. The man wipes his mouth leaning in. With a feline smirk, I lick the trail of Chardonnay up to the rim of my glass. I've heard the whispers of God, you're beautiful, longer than he's been alive. My giggle is reflexive and rehearsed, but he's dense enough to miss that. Those rough dock worker thumbs trail over the soft snow-white peaks of my knuckles. This is when the shift starts, when the biomechanics of the synthetic vessel performs for human enticement. Body heat activates the dormant nanomachines lodged in the pores of the synthetic skin. They attach, burrow, and trowel through the bloodstream, increasing blood pressure and the intake of breath. The dark wells of his pupils dilate. A wicked curl of a mischievous smile advertises carnal thoughts unset. I summon the waiter and ask that our food be taken to go. 
as the maitre d' escorts us to coat check, the man won't stop kissing the valleys of my neck. He's breathing me in, trailing the curve of my waist through sea green satin. My fur coat drapes over my shoulders, and the man's urgency to return to my penthouse amuses me. Ah, youth. We stride out of the restaurant rooftop entrance towards the crisp android concierge, hair and mustache molded in perfect plastique. It asks us the quality of our meal while engaging a holographic table with a wave of its fingers. I ask for Sam, and the concierge complies without question. A battered android dressed in a faded crimson uniform holds my gaze and turns away as he flags down a hover cab. As the vehicle descends, I walk to the aged android and slip him a few extra cash chips. He brightens, his peeling skin flapping as he opens the door and motions us to enter. My date asks if I know him. I believe in charity, and I've been here before. Where were we? I coo, kissing the pillow of his lower lip. A secretion of pheromones and accelerants gloss the underside of my tongue and mixes with our saliva, causing the sweet taste of honey to coat our foreplay. He sighs into my mouth, the talons of hunger scrape against the insides of my ribs. This body, my body, begins to shift and fall. The man with the boyish smile and sandy hair is primed. He is at peak arousal, and time is of the essence. The automated vessel weaves through alleys of skyscrapers, dipping and careening under a moonless night. I kiss him passionately, swirling my tongue over his teeth, grinding my wet sex into the bulge of his crotch. His moans are jagged and sharp. He is hungry as well. We will both be fed soon enough. We land on a condo roof overlooking the Pugin Sound, still pristine and intact after the war. He comments how his family used to be fishmongers in Ballard a century ago. That is why he can't get away from the water even if he tried. The cold breeze whips through us, and I force myself to remember the scent of water in aquatic life. The taste of the sea. Ballard's brick factories and cobblestone roads, a fragment lost in the haze of time. The doorman escorts us to my penthouse, and I allow the young man to paw. The warmth of his body presses against my own, eluding the solid mass that awaits. He attempts to lift up my dress in the elevator, but I stop him. I've not fed in a while, and there are patches of withered hide under expensive lingerie. As we enter, he marvels at the naked brownstone walls, with polished slate floors and dark wood-lofted ceilings. When asked how I could afford this, I give a predictable, canned answer. My family found and patent technology from the aliens after the war. <laughs> Lucky, 
he heaves as I push him against the wall. His arousal starts to give leeway to his fiscal inadequacy. His mood must be high for optimal enjoyment. I kneel, unzip his dingy second-hand trousers, and take him into my mouth with exaggerated relish. Neither of us has much time. He grows. He grows, taking a fistful of hair and bucks. Young. Eager. Full of vigor. Disappointing. He's not enjoyed a woman's touch in a while. Through his heaves and weakened shudders, I feel the rush of his gift travel down my throat. The nanomachines return from their exodus with readings of 96% compatibility. I made it in time. My children begin their internal repairs. The penthouse becomes more vibrant. The night sky clearer, sharper. With colors that pop in hues as rich and succulent as ripe fruit. A heady, deep musk from his pubic hair. The saline bitterness of his semen, the corpse-like chill of the floor under my shins. The young man, so full of life and laughter, shudders and slumps against the wall. The synthetic body I reside in. The fake reality of beauty that I chose reacts on instinct. He is dying, a peaceful, euphoric swirl of past lives and infinite futures. I must feed. Tendrils dislodge from my fingertips, piercing and searching for the thick resistance of arteries. We hold eye contact as he fades. His smile wide, fat droplets of spittle seeping through clenched teeth. The body's hunger gnaws and snarls, bloodlust creeps, and the need to tear open and digest him grows. It reasons with me. He is nearly dead. There will be no pain. His heart is strong, delectable. We won't need to feed for three days. I resist thinking about the man I crave. The only man I cannot touch. The holy man. That's enough, Verdant. You don't need to damage the specimen. His voice is metallic and hollow, blunt and direct with a sharp edge of calculated malice. I fight back primal fear and will myself to draw from my meal in unswayed confidence. The newfound strength fuels my limbs, but I'm no fool. My pappy used to say, there will always be someone stronger than you, someone who won't seem that way in first glance. He was right. Apologies, Dr. Richter. I don't know what came over me. My hatred for Richter seconds the hatred for the man I cannot have. Tall, emaciated with silver hair that rolls over his head in argent waves and a nose more rodent than human. His cybernetic enhancement well hidden under his press medical uniform, but the aura of Predator overtakes that of the gentleman scholar. He is Goda's bulldog, and I am forever chained to him. I do not smirk when Richter's synthetic duplicates rush to harvest my meal's body. 
I learned the hard way not to mock the doctor's vanity. They rush against nature's rigor mortis. A long, dark box floats in and illuminates. The body is lowered. The frosted glass showcases the macabre process of circuitry prying open orifices, dissecting and harvesting every minute nerve and gland. Richter peers in, watching the meal evolve into neat refrigerated packages, prepared for a future he only knows. A healthy, non-irritated male, very rare, he mused. But that's not what I ask for. What your I want the preacher, and you are stalling, Verdant. We made a deal. We gave you the body and the money to fund that ragtag affair in the Downs. You gave me a faulty body, Richter. How can I deliver what you ask for when I can't even go a day without feeding, and this ragtag group that go to backs benefits both of us? With viper speed, a glove hand grabs my cheeks, thumbs and fingers digging in. Searing pain shoots down my legs as the sickening crack of the body's skull gives under his grip. I hold on to his wrist as he lifts me off the floor, my feet flailing, desperate. Two glowing orbs hold my gaze and I feel the body's bladder give way. I'm going to die. You will never speak the master's name aloud again. Am I understood? I do not want to see you again until I have the preacher we are leaving. Richter's death grip releases me. I land in the puddle of my own acrid fear. He snaps his gloved fingers. The body doubles usher the floating medical casket away. A small crate of polished wood with intricate angled inlays hovers to the doctor's side patient in elevated stasis. A bright light pours from the open lid. Inside, resting on diamond fields of ice, lay twelve human hearts, neatly packaged and fresh. My mouth waters, ignoring my head's ringing ache. This should settle our transaction and keep you going for a few weeks. They are of my own design. Get me the preacher and clean yourself up. You disgust me. With trembling hands, I rip open the first package, shoving the cool organ into my mouth as he turns on his heels, the darkness sweeping him back to the layer of hell he emerged from. It was not supposed to be this way. I was not supposed to be this way. The divots in my jaw mend with every bite. The heart tastes of life. The body rebuilds. The pallor of my skin deepens to a tawny bronze. Leukocytes pulse through my veins, bolstering the Herculean strength known to synthetic humans. I stand wet and humiliated, licking the blood from my fingers before ripping open another bag. The view of the city is beautiful. A place full of opportunity. Second chances. Broken and rebranded like me. I did this for him. This body. This life. Every superhero needs a villain. Even if he doesn't understand why. I place a bloody hand on the window. 
letting the winter air congeal my sins. I will get Richter, the preacher, after I taste him first.